welcome back to the Chasing the Light audio journal with me, Lindsay Rambo. I am so thrilled to have you here to listen to today's entry. This is entry three, and it is actually called Chasing the Light, and I will get to that in a moment, why I've titled it that. If you are new to Chasing the Light, just a brief background. This is an audio journal. I am an individual who is blind, and I have been living with an inherited retinal disease called Labor's Congenital Amaurosis. If you want to learn more about my journey, you can go back to entry one and entry two that kind of gives you a summary of my life and, you know, leading up to this moment where I am about to embark on this beautiful journey of a clinical treatment trial for my LCA5, my vision condition. At the end of the previous entry, we discussed how I had learned of a clinical trial that may be beginning within the 2022-2023 year. I had discussed how I went to Philadelphia for the first time last June and I met the team that would be conducting the research study for my vision condition. At the end of that appointment, I learned that I would be a perfect candidate for the study when it would officially begin and when treatments would be beginning in humans. We had to wait for FDA approval and site approval, but the good news is after 18 months, of from the time that I found the um, clinical trial, my husband found that clinical trial, and a year since I had my first initial vision assessments, I am happy to say that I received the call on June 2nd that there was site approval for the trial to be conducted at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. So at the end of last episode, I said that I was just getting back from Philadelphia. I had my first appointments as an enrolled individual and participant in the clinical treatment trial. Last Wednesday, my husband Zach and I traveled to Philadelphia and we stayed at a hotel and started first thing Thursday morning at 8 o'clock a.m. where we went to my research appointment with the research team and we reviewed the informed consent. And that was a grueling two-hour process because you have to truly understand what you are signing up to do. And I can't give exactly too many details regarding that for confidentiality. However, I can tell you that it was 28 pages long. We had it ahead of time, but I, you know, still was learning more as we were going through that within that two hours. I will kind of go backwards to when I received the call. It was just a typical Friday. My sons and I were out by the pool. They had some friends over and I had a call from Philadelphia, but I didn't think anything of it. I knew the trial would be starting, you know, sometime within the next couple of months, but there's really no indication of 
when it exactly would begin. So honestly, I thought it was like a scam call. I didn't even answer the first time. And then there was a voicemail left and I listened and it was the coordinator of the study. And I was just overjoyed and was like, oh my goodness, this is finally happening. And I called her back right away. And we started working out the details of when I would come to Philadelphia and do my research appointment and then baseline one assessments. So last week I did the research appointment and I am blessed to say and thankful to say that I did sign the informed consent and I am officially enrolled in the clinical treatment trial for LCA5 as the first participant and the first human that will receive this surgery and go through this process, um, you know, with the understanding that, you know, everything remains the same with my health and those types of things, because at any time, you know, I could get pulled out of it or I could drop out of it, whatever, you know, there are a lot of factors that go into all of this. So as of right now, I will be the first human to receive this treatment as a surgery in the next few months, hopefully August, um, but there is not a surgery date set at this time. So after I finished the informed consent, I went to a virtual reality mobility course and met one of the superstars in the inherited retinal disease realm, um, Dr. Jean Bennett. She and her team in her laboratory actually developed the first gene therapy that was administered and FDA approved for humans um, for a rare form of inherited retinal disease. So it was a really neat experience to be able to meet her and to shake her hand and tell her thank you for the work that she's doing and for the work that these researchers are doing for our world of the inherited retinal diseases. It was a pleasure. It was so much fun doing the virtual reality mobility course. I don't think I've ever had that much fun at a vision assessment. So basically what I did was I put on some virtual reality goggles. I was in a big room and had, you know, four or five people there watching me. And I had two controllers, one in each hand. And I had to follow a path of arrows on the floor that were different colors. And they were, sometimes they were really bright and sometimes they were dim. And it was to be able to assess how well I used my night vision and how well I was able to navigate with different obstacles that were surrounding me. So as I moved forward throughout the course, there would be obstacles that were small. There would be obstacles that blended in with the surroundings. There would be obstacles that were moving. And they were assessing what I saw in my upper, lower fields, as well as my peripheral vision. So I really thoroughly enjoyed that. It was like walking around in a Mario world. Um, one of the obstacles was just this little cloud ball that moved back and forth and it reminded me of a ghost on Mario. If we have any Mario fans that are listening today, it was really neat. Um, I would have to say that was probably the highlight of my vision assessments for the rest of the trip. I had 
two days worth of vision assessments. Once I finished the virtual reality uh, mobility course, I moved to a different building, actually Dr. Jacobson's building that I went to the first time that I went to Philadelphia 10 years ago. So it was truly full circle. I went back to where it all began and I had several different tests completed there and testing for your vision in, in this type of setting is very exhausting. There are a lot of big machines and you have to dark adapt for a lot of this where you're wearing ski goggles. And if you're not dark adapting, you're having your eyes dilated and numbed so they can stick things at your eyes and, and measure different things and check how your pupils respond to light and, you know, see how, how much of my retina is still functioning or how much of my retina, you know, has cells that just are not functioning at this point anymore, or maybe never did because of my vision disease. So my husband, he stays with me the whole time. He sits in the corner and watches me go through these tests. I, you know, put my face up to a machine and they direct my eyes a different direction so they can see different parts of the retina on the computer. My husband is determined to figure out how all these machines work. Um, on the first day, I went through testing up until six o'clock in the evening. Um, I was very tired when we finished. I know that it's it's a lot of sitting, but after you are, you know, having lunch and then you go into these rooms that are completely dark and the air is on or like the temperature is just at the right spot for you to just sit down and like you know, almost fall asleep when, and I did almost fall asleep several different times on both days that I were there, I was there, but I, you know, I, I've done this for so many years, you know, I'm 34. I've done these types of tests all of my life. And, you know, a lot of my adult life, I've been seeing through these more specific tests where I'll put my face in and have to click a button to let them know you know, if I see any flashes of lights or if I um, can see a lighted dot moving, um, it, you know, they use different colors, they use different um, flashes, they use different intensities. And, you know, a lot of the tests seem similar, but they are different. They are looking for different things. Um, you know, so I, I am accustomed to these tests. I understand what to do. And that is one of the reasons why they said that I would be the perfect candidate because a lot of the participants or potential participants for this type of study are, are too young. They are born and, you know, a couple years old when they're going to see this group for the first time and this doctor for the first time and they cannot withstand sitting through these kinds of tests and if they can they're likely not reliable because if you give you know a four or five year old a switch to click at a certain time to say yes or no they might just start you know clicking buttons and so that's another reason why I was picked as the first to complete this study because of the reliability and the consistency that I'm able to provide for them. 
So on that first day, you know, we went through the informed consent. We did the virtual mobility test. We did, you know, countless hours of testing at Dr. Jacobson's group's office. And then, you know, we were done for the day. I looked back and just thought, oh my goodness, like there's, there's the first day that's finished. Yay. Like how many more to go? Well, this is like a three-year commitment. So like, I know I'm going to be doing all this stuff over and over again, and I'm okay with that. Um, it's tiring at the time. It's frustrating some of the times, um, trying to keep my eyes open if I'm tired or having a light flash in your eyes after they're dilated. That's, you know, never enjoyable, but it's okay. It's, it's all right. God gives me strength to get through this. God, you know, helps me prevail through every type of struggle in my life. And this is no different. So the next day when we went into the hospital, we had to be there by 745 and I went and had a physical done right away. And then we went up to the office where my doctor is that will be, you know, performing most of these types of vision assessments and, you know, following up with me. And, and that's kind of my point of contact whenever I go to Philadelphia. So I went there and I had my cheeks swabbed again for genetic testing um, through Blueprints Genetics. Um, another thing that is funded through the Foundation Fighting Blindness, which I talked about how the Foundation Fighting Blindness is responsible for funding this specific clinical trial. So it's really neat. That's all full circle as well, because the Foundation Fighting Blindness is where I connected the first time and I got connected with Dr. Jacobson. And, you know, that whole story is on um, journal entries one and two, if you want to go back, if you're listening for the first time. So I went through testing then for my best corrective visual acuity. They were checking refractive errors, trying to use different lenses to see if glasses would be of assistance to me, which I used to wear glasses when I was younger. I no longer wear glasses. I haven't probably since high school because they didn't make a difference. And I was old enough to advocate for myself and say, listen, these, these aren't really making a difference for me. And really they restricted my peripheral vision, um, which, you know, took away from my overall vision when I was wearing glasses. So I went through more testing. I went through more dark, dark adaptation, did similar tests as I did the day before. I got to a point, it was probably two o'clock in the afternoon that day where I was like, oh my goodness, I cannot imagine like I'm going to do this, you know, over and over again. This was my baseline one testing. You do those tests, you know, every time you go back after the surgery, whenever I have the surgery and, you know, just two days worth of this testing, like for the next three years. And I was like, am I really like, is this really what I want to do? Like, am I really going to sign up for this? And in that moment, when I was feeling that exhaustion and having a hard time keeping my eyelids up and, you know, just totally just over it, I was hungry. I wanted to go home. I wanted to see my, my babies, like my sons were at home with my mom-in-law and 
you know, I just wanted to get back to them. I want to get home and settle in. And we had, you know, a three and a half hour, four hour drive home that evening. Um, but in that moment, I thought, why are you doing this? What is the point of this? You know, a lot of people might say, oh, well, she has a chance to get her vision improved or her vision fixed. Like, you know, that's why she's doing it. And it's like, yeah, I'm optimistic that that may happen. Hopefully there is some type of improvement or restoration or preservation of the vision that I have. But the biggest thing is that I want to be able to contribute to this study, the information they can gather about my rare disease. And in hopes that that will help them understand other inherited retinal diseases, because that is one thing I've seen throughout these um, gene therapy studies that have been successful is they're learning things from each of these studies and they're using them to tweak and fine tone for other gene therapies. So that is the biggest reason. And I think about those little ones who are being born with the inherited retinal diseases or like the students who I worked with, you know, while I was a teacher of the visually impaired and, you know, they may not have an inherited retinal disease as their diagnosis, but what if what I'm doing can positively impact them in some way because I've put myself out there and put my disease out there. That is my goal. That is my goal is to help those who are coming behind me. I've already achieved so much. And I just think about those ones who are just starting out, those parents who are just learning that their child might have labor's congenital amaurosis. And, you know, if I can go through and sit through these tests and bear it. I mean, yes, it's, it's not comfortable, but it's, you know, there are people that are going through much harder things in life than sitting in a comfortable air conditioned chair, you know, having to keep their eyes open. So that is what drove me <laughs> along with prayer. Like God, give me strength. God, you know, give me stamina for this. Give me endurance to push through this as you do and everything else that I do. Like, those are the things that drove me to finish strong with my baseline one testing. And I did, I finished, I, I finished at five o'clock that day. They also take a lot of, a lot of images of my retinas. So there, you know, that can be a little bit tricky too, because they dilate your eyes and then they flash a light in your eye over and over again. So by the end of these days, you know, my eyes are very, very tired. Um, but again, it, it could be worse. And I think that the information gained from this is going to benefit so many other people. It would be wonderful if my vision is improved. I'm hopeful that that's the case. Um, what we were trying to determine during my first two visits was where exactly the treatment would be placed in my retina. So they have to determine where I have cells that are still available, but are not turned on essentially. Like they need to have the instructions placed there so they know how to work. And basically with the surgery, they will take a needle and it is a common retina surgery. However, because it is the first time this medicine will go into a human 
and the way that they have to go further than, you know, you would have to go for like a cataract surgery. They consider it a major surgery. I'll have general anesthesia. And what they will do is take the needle and go, you know, back to the back of the retina and they will place the medicine in that place in my retina, which they had, they did determine the other day when I was there for my testing, they, they did determine where I still had cells available, but they weren't working. And so they'll put this medicine in and the idea is the protein in the medicine will activate these cells and tell them how to work properly. And when this was done in mice in the earlier phases of the study, they went from, you know, they put it into mice that had my LCA5 and they were totally blind and they put the medicine in their retinas and it activated you know, the medicine activated the cells and they were seen within, you know, a week. So hopefully everything goes smoothly and we have great success in terms of, you know, putting it into a human, which, you know, hopefully will be me at this time. It will be, but you never know what can happen with, you know, health or those types of things. And then once I have the surgery, I will be monitored for, you know, several days and, and just to make sure that there's, you know, minimal inflammation, that there's no infections. Um, so that, that is coming later on, I'd say probably August. That's what we're shooting for. And prior to that, I will have my baseline two testing within 30 days of the surgery date. And I will be um, participating in the same vision assessments like I participated in um, for baseline one last week. So it's really exciting. There is a long road ahead. I am faithful that this is a positive experience. It will be a positive experience. I know there'll be difficult times. I'm not sure, you know, what to think about the surgery because I've never had surgery on my eyes before. So I'm not sure what to expect or how I will handle that or how my body will respond to it. I, I know that God's got me in his hands. I know that he's in control. I know this, this is all coming from God as a gift and as perfect timing, according to his purpose and plan for my life. So I'm faithful that I'm in good hands. I'm in the best hands in the planet for, for the doctors who will be working with me. I mean, they are leading in the world for this specific type of inherited retinal diseases. The surgeon that will be working with me has done more retinal surgeries than anybody on the planet, they said. So I feel I am in good hands all around. I've got a lot of support from my family. Of course, my husband is right there by my side every step of the way. My sons, our whole family, I, I have so much support. Our friends, our community, I'm blessed and thankful for that. And I'm excited to see what happens next. I'm going to keep chasing that light and keep sharing my journey with everyone as soon as I have a date for baseline two. I'll share that with you. I hope to share some other things, just some general things about blindness and kind of use this platform to 
educate and advocate and, and discuss some of the things that I have um, dealt with as an individual with a visual impairment throughout my life. One of the things I do want to discuss is, you know, the difficulties that are associated with, you know, gaining employment as an individual with a visual impairment or an individual with a disability in general. So, you know, look for that to be coming within the next couple of weeks, something, you know, an entry going along with that as well. So until next time, I hope you keep chasing the light, keep shining your light into the world, and I hope you have a wonderful day.